Good day, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of Fan Sided. I'm your host, Dayton Brown. And I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond. We want to thank all the phenomenal people out there, our listeners, for tuning into the second episode of the Who Dat Dish podcast. Now, today, we have a very special guest with us, hailing from New York City. This man has covered several headlines and news regarding the New Orleans Saints, totaling hundreds of articles for Who Dat Dish, and one of the website's main editors. Please, everyone, give a warm welcome to Ty Anemia. Woo! <laughs> what's going on, Ty? Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? I screwed up your last name, but oh well, we're having a good time. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Ananaya. Ananaya. Good yeah, anyway, hey guys, excited to be here. Uh, just wanted to say before we get started to our you know, wonderful listeners that Dayton and Tyler are two of our best young writers at the site. Uh, they're both great voices on the Saints, and uh, they took some serious initiative to get this thing, this pod off the ground. And uh, I'm really excited for them. I'm excited to see it grow. Making me cry on the podcast, Ty. Thank you so much. For that. <laughs> incredible. Um, how long have you been an editor for, uh, well, first of all, how long have you been with Who Dat Dish, and how long have you been an editor? Uh, I think I started in, God, it hasn't been too long. I think maybe I started in September and was an editor in November because one of our editors got let go by Fansided and I just, we didn't have any writers at the time, so I just jumped up. Um, it was a pretty sweet situation. Uh, I don't know that I've gotten hundreds. I think Tyler said hundreds of articles. I don't know if that's quite true, but you know, I'm getting there. Yeah, wow, it's that, getting there. That's a quick turnaround, then. That, that's that's fantastic. Well, you and yeah. you and Dean do a fantastic job. I know I speak for Tyler as Thank well you. on this. That uh, we just love having you guys as editors. You guys are fantastic, always on top of it. Um, and I can especially say that because I was with um, another site on uh, Fan Sided, who who the, the editor wasn't bad at all. But the the comparing what he did to the level of what you guys do, uh, you guys are just light years ahead. And and then obviously that pertains to um, how well Who That Dish has done recently. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, let, let's Thanks so let's much. go into our weekly uh, segment. Uh, let's go into articles of the week. Tyler, I'll start with you. Or actually, let, let's let's yeah yeah I'll start with you, Tyler, and then and then we'll pass it off to Ty. Um, we're gonna do articles of the week. Uh, this is where all of us discuss our most recent articles, and then we pick one from another contributor and praise and talk about uh, the article and why we like it. So Tyler, go ahead and give me one article from yourself and one article from another writer. Okay, so a, a recent article that I had uh, put out on Hoonet Dish the other day is important one by me. I call it uh, the top five defensive ends in Saints history. Now, what this article goes into is basically how throughout the Saints history, the Saints have had a lot of different players, and I focus on the defensive end position specifically. Now, going through it, I have a lot of different defensive ends mentioned, credited to, well, I won't reveal everything now. I highly recommend everyone check it out. It is a great article that I put a lot of time into, and I'm proud to say it's on Who That Dish. Now, the other article I have is by a new writer by us. Uh, his name, well, he goes by on Who That Dish is a G or G balance. Um, he's a great writer. Basically, his article was, Who is the Man in the Middle for the Saints? And what this article goes into is basically how the Saints linebacker position is always something that is constantly changing, whether that be in the past or now. The Saints have had a lot of different linebackers, and what he goes into is basically who 
could be the starting middle linebacker right now and who has been the starting li- middle linebacker in the past. Well, how about you, Dan? What did you look at for your articles this week? So I don't have an article out yet. I will have it out either tomorrow or Wednesday. It'll be uh, the top five cornerbacks in Saints history. That's a tough list because, I mean, when I say great cornerbacks in Saints history, I mean, like, two names come to mind, right? Like Mike McKenzie and... Uh, Tracy Porter because of his interception in the Super Bowl. Other than that, they haven't had too many fantastic cornerbacks. Uh, so, but the list was still really fun to make. I'm almost done with it, so that'll be out. Uh, the other one I wanted to plug was actually one from uh, Tyler. Um, it's uh, titled, What Will the Saints Do Now That Armstead Is Out? What I really, really enjoyed about this piece, Tyler, is the fact that when you listed off each player that would that has the possibility of stepping up and replacing uh, Armstead due to injury, which we'll talk about in a second, Um Every time you listed him, you also listed out the rest of the starting line. So, so to kind of give us an idea of what it would look like and the different possibilities, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, um, that's some in-depth stuff, and I love when stuff is organized like that. So, uh, great job, man! Um, a lot of great articles on hoodaddish.com. Ty, uh, go ahead and plug us in with one of yours and another from a different writer on the site. Uh, so, yeah, those are all great articles, and I encourage everyone to check them out. I, uh, like Dayton, have not released an article this week. News has been a little slow. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and plug two articles, though. Uh, one by uh, one of our longest writers, longest-serving writers, Tony Twilley, who uh, th- I just love this article because it, it's it's about Taryn Armstead. Um, and the injury, obviously. And uh, I just love the... This article came organically out of it. It was essentially an argument that Tony and I were having on our Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, you know, it, like I have sort of, I'm taking sort of a positive look at this injury and what it means for the Saints. And, you know, like, you know, Tony had a different perspective. And it's great that we have a forum where we can share these different ideas. You know, you can get, you know, one side of an argument, the other side. I just think that's awesome. Uh, another one I'm going to plug is uh, my co-editor Dean's uh, Power Rankings, which is just, you know, I think it's a fun little read. Uh, you know, obviously it doesn't pertain too closely to Saints news, but I think it's just sort of a fun thought experiment you can do. And he's got some great picks in there. Uh, I think it's worth a look. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Dean is always coming out with some crazy articles. I, I love it. And uh, yeah. Um, so, let, anything else you guys want to say before we move on about any of those articles? I, th- I think we covered bases on those pretty well. Yeah, those are all great articles, though. Everyone should check them out. I, d- I did want to piggyback off of what you were talking about, Ty, about the group message that we have. Um, I really actually enjoyed that back and forth between you and Tony um, and, and, the, and the group message. And, and the best part about it is that you were both super respectful. I mean, th- th- this goes on with all of the uh, conversations that we have. Everybody's super respectful to each other. Um, it, it's easy for, especially in sports arguments, it's really easy for people to like get offended that people have different opinions or something like that. But we're all really respectful of our own opinions, and, and, and we all understand that. Um, there's no black and white area. Sometimes it's gray, and, and sometimes people um, will, will have... Uh, a different viewpoint on the opposite side of the spectrum than than you have. So um, the fact that you guys were able to have a respectable respectable conversation, and then the fact that Tony was able to write an article about mm-hmm. it that you enjoyed, I just think that's fantastic. That really speaks volumes to who we are as people. So so that's fantastic. Let's get into the first topic, the biggest piece of news, and unfortunately, it is a sad piece of news. Teron Armstead, another offensive line injury to the Saints to go along with uh, Max Unger. Um, He's going to be out 
uh, initial response Initial reports were three to four months, but it's looking more like four to six months. Um, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. It's damaging to the Saints. So, Ty, let me ask you this general question. Due to the injury, where do the Saints go from here? Well, I would say, that, and this is obviously the core of my argument with Tony, and I think, you know, there's a lot of varying. There are really three options for who is going to play left tackle at this point. Uh, I think, you know, the most obvious option has got to be Ryan Ramchek. Right. Uh, rookie, you know, first-round pick, uh, coming off a hip surgery. So as long as he can get acclimated, I think, you know, he should get the first look there. The other two options are obviously Andres Pete, uh, who the Saints drafted to play tackle and who moved to guard. Um, and Senio Calamente, who is a sort of swing, he really plays, you know, every single position on the line. And I think that those are interesting two, two players to compare because uh, with Calamente, you get the sense that really he could plug in at left tackle and then another injury comes up and he could move over to right guard or wherever, you know, center even. You know, he has that sort of flexibility. I don't know what it is, if it's a mental thing, a physical thing. He is capable of moving around the line, whereas that's something the Saints tried to do with Andrews Pete, and it just really doesn't seem like it worked. He sort of struggled at every transition and really only came into his own when he had a set position that he could develop into. And so I think for that reason, you really don't want to move Pete over to left tackle. Uh, And you sort of want to stick with either Calamante or Ramchek. I don't think that this is like a, a devastating, you know, the Saints played without Taron Armstead for a lot of last year. You know, obviously consistency in the line is a huge thing. I mean, you look at the Atlanta Falcons, you know, their starting five offensive line didn't miss it. No, not a single player missed a snap. And then they go to the Super Bowl with the best offense in, you know, recent memory. That's what happens when you have a line with, you know, cohesion and, and health. Uh, but the Saints have just so much talent at offensive line. Like, I, I just don't think that this derails their playoff chances by any means. You know, I mean, they played a large portion of last year with injured offensive linemen. I, if Max Unger's hurt for an extended period, I think that that's another issue. Uh, but I think that they're, you know, at this point, I hate to say it, but they're used to playing without Taron Armstead. And, uh, you know, I want to see him get healthy. He's arguably the best left tackle in the league. But I just think that they have the talent to absorb this injury i agree tyler what do you think do you think this affects their playoff chances at all if, if they're not able to figure it out 100 percent, do you think it affects their playoff chances significantly okay so two things first um no doubt toronto Armstead, when healthy is one of the best like you said ty one of the best left tackles in the league and uh, i would also agree with you time when you said that when the um, Saints decide to move Andrews Pete over, depending on where they move him, it doesn't exactly always work out. You know, as it goes right now, his best position is the left guard. But um, as far as their uh, playoff chances, it's going to take a lot. But I don't think the offensive line, uh, if there were any issues, would be what I'm trying to say is I don't think if there were any issues that happened to the Saints, I don't think the offensive line would be that issue. I think right now the Saints have uh, gotten used to players being hurt in the past, and they've learned to deal with it. You know, I think the Saints, because of this, you know, just because they don't want to be uh, too reliant on certain players, they might go a little bit more. I'm going to say with the run over the past this year, you know, they have Drew Brees at quarterback, just because um, 
would help solidify things a bit. You look at what an offensive line has to do versus the pass against what they have to do versus the run. So I think that'd be a little easier for them to rely more on Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram to help the offensive line. But as far as that goes, I don't think this is going to derail our chances in making the playoffs. And I think the most important thing that nobody is really talking about um, concerning the injury to Armstead and how it'll affect the team is how great how fantastic, and I, I think we overlook this a lot, I think every Saints fan does, how great and fantastic not only Drew Brees is as a quarterback, but how great him and Sean Payton are as a combination. They're gonna yeah, be, absolutely. They're going to be able to fight through a lot of stuff, and we've seen it in the past. Um, Payton is going to be able to implement probably quicker passes. If, if it's not going to be 100% figured out, if, if we're going to have to go with Ramchick starting at left tackle and he struggles in the preseason or, or whatever comes out of this um, injury, if, if it's not going to be able to get figured out 100%, I think Payton, you'll see Payton implement a lot more uh, slant passes and, and, and just quick dropbacks for Breeze. And then you also have Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram coming out of the uh, backfield for the Saints. Uh, uh, two fantastic... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're two fantastic. And, and it's not like the, the, the tackles are great for protecting the um, uh, quarterback, and, and obviously they're important in the run, but the guards and the centers are really where the run, uh, especially if you're going to be uh, going inside, they're the most important for um, run blocking. And, and, and we're pretty, at least as of now, we're, we're pretty set in that department. So uh, it's all going to be about how Breeze and Payton are going to are going to adjust, and, and luckily for us, they're fantastic at doing that. We've seen it in the past, like you were mentioning, Ty, um, how well they played without Armstead a season ago, and, and all the other injuries that have come to the Saints on offense that Breeze and Payton have been able to overcome. Um, let me ask this before we move on to uh, pretty much a brand new breaking story for the Saints. Um, does this injury make Ramchek even more of an important pick, or, or did we already kind of... Because when he was selected, uh, it made a lot of people shake their, or not shake their heads, but make them scratch their heads uh, yeah. for the, but when he was selected, he was kind of selected because, oh, you never know what's going to happen at the offensive line. Does this injury, I'll ask you first, Tyler, does this injury make his selection even more important of a pick, or does it just kind of reassure why Loomis selected him? I think, uh, well, first off, the Saints in the draft, for those who didn't know, the Saints at this point, they didn't really have many other options to go with the Saints played it really smart and they ended up going plus best player available to a lot of um analysts who were you know talking about the Saints they believed that the Saints picked up the best tackle in the league um, right in the draft so I wouldn't say that it's more of an assurance in regards to you know anything happening with the offensive line I just think it's a great pick to go off of so to speak when you look at everything the Saints are trying to accomplish, you know, when they move on from older players, the offensive line is always a key thing to always, you know, say, hey, we need to uh, draft another player. This guy's getting old. Or, hey, it wouldn't hurt if we had some extra uh, insurance here. I think what the Saints are doing is very smart in regards to focusing on acquiring uh, talent when they need it in regards to um, – Selecting a player, I mean, that they didn't need. You know, it's right. players that have you know, the best grades and all of that. I'm rambling, but you're right. Uh, to answer your question, um, I think it was just overall a great move. I'm just, I'm just glad now that with all these injuries happening, unfortunately, the 
Saints actually say, well, we have Ramchek here, well, we have this player here to sort of help. But yeah. What did you think, Ty? Um, what did you think of, of Ramchek being uh, drafted by the Saints? I absolutely agree with everything you said. I think best player available is is the best strategy to take. Um, and uh, in this situation, it certainly pays off. I think that the Saints, I do think that the Saints were thinking, you know, in the back of their mind, they have an often injured Taron Armstead and a very old Zach Streif at tackles. You know, they need some backup options. So I think that even though we look at him as the backup for Streif, they always had Armstead also in the back of their mind. But I also just think it's crazy to think, like you said, best player available. The Saints were on the phone with Reuben Foster yep. before the Niners traded up to pick him. We would right now be running. Reuben Foster would be clearly our middle linebacker. It's just think about how different this team would be. We would have a very clear setup of linebacker. And we would have absolutely nothing really to put plug in at left tackle. We would have Calamante probably playing at left tackle which then really limits our what we have in the back of the line. All of a sudden, you know, what is still, I think, even with Armstead's injury, a strength of this team, would all of a sudden be one of its most glaring weaknesses. Uh, so I just think that it's that way, sort of, you know, luck was a little bit on our side. Um, well, not really, because Armstead got, went down with an injury. But, right, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it could have been much worse, I think. It's, it's lucky that, that San Francisco traded up to get Foster at this point, just for this season alone. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with you absolutely. Now, uh, now that we're talking about offensive line, though, uh, recent developments have come out that the Saints plan to sign, if they have not already signed, Chris Watt, a former uh, former Chargers player, offensive guard and center. What Bad. do you guys think of that? Uh, you want to go, Dayton? Um Yeah, I mean, I just got some quick I mean, I, I think it's more of an insurance signing. Uh, the interesting yeah, thing about it is, is that uh, – he, he he's in he's in a very nice spot. It's not like he he's a super young guy. It's not like he's he's a really old veteran. Uh, he was drafted in 2014 uh, by the Chargers. He played at Notre Dame. Um, he seems to be pretty healthy. Um, but I really I just mm. think it is an insurance signing just to see Agreed. if he's going to be able to be plugged in in the line. Um, if any more injuries happen, we just cut. Um, an offensive lineman. I think we what right. We cut Cameron Tom right. If I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. So mm-hmm. we we had a uh, we had a hole open uh, regardless of the Armstead injury. But I, really, I think that the signing um, gives way to what you were talking about with uh, Kelamente being able to um, be an experiment at left tackle. I, I think that Ramchek is probably going to be the best option at the end of the day when the seat when uh, we roll into Minnesota. But I think that signing Watt gives us insurance because if Kelamente works out at left tackle, like he ends up being the best guy, we can add Watt to the team and not have to worry about that much of um, That's filling, a great point. filling in the guard and the center positions. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that That's pretty much my thinking of the signing. Um, it could be more significant yeah. down the line, but I think right now it's more of just an insurance type signing. I think that's a great point. I think people are looking a little bit into it and say maybe this means something bad about uh, Max Unger. Mm. Um, but like you said, I mean, if Calamante moves over to left tackle, then our only backup guard option is really Landon Turner, who we have not yet seen if he can perform in the league. So, yeah, I, I think it's, that, yeah. Uh, to add off of that, Ty, I was going to say that um, when you look at what the offensive, um, when you look at what the Saints have right now, as far as the offensive line depth, there isn't exactly a ton of different options the Saints have right now. 
as far as what they could do, as far as who they move over. As far as, you know, with all these different uh, injuries, it's going to cause a lot of different players to shift. For example, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. What we use, by the way, for those who aren't aware, is OurLads.com. That's what I have up right now, too. They have a pretty accurate description of what the Saints are doing as far as their offensive line. But uh, with Chris Watt, basically, that provides a lot of different options for the Saints to do at center if they want to move someone over and at guard in case they decide to move Dino Calamete or Andrews Pete. So I just thought I'd add that. But All hmm. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, and I'm glad it happened right before we went on to the podcast to kind of talk about because it is an interesting uh, point. But um, So, yeah, hopefully Armstead, I mean, I'm most hopeful for him coming back in the original three- to four-month time frame, obviously. We want him back as soon as possible, and if we want to look uh, as optimistic as possible, we are kind of lucky and fortunate that this happened um, in the preseason as opposed to it happening like when the, when the regular season actually starts. Still an injury you don't want to see happen. Still, you, you never want to see plays, players go under that type of surgery um, at all, um, especially how important he is to the team. But we are kind of fortunate if you want to look at it as like a half full, half, glass half full type scenarios that had happened in the preseason so hopefully Armstead recovers well uh, returns as soon as he is at 100% healthy and ready to play for the team um, let's move on to the second and final topic of the day called Thunderdome Saints preseason edition two men enter only one man starts we will name a position that has a starting spot up for grabs and then we'll name the two players who are best at that position and then everyone will say who they think will start and why um, so I'll start it off. Let's go to the right defensive end opposite of Cameron Jordan. Um, Alex Okafor or Trey Hendrickson? Ty, go ahead and go first. Who do you think will start between those two? This just That is just such a uh, an exciting camp battle because there, and there's really way more players than Okafor and Hendrickson. There's also, you know, Obum Guachem, a lot of people forgetting yep. about. Advocate just released a great article on Guachem. I don't you guys should check it out. Um, everyone should check it out. Uh <laughs> Uh, and how Oli Kikaha, also obviously a great thing. I think out of the whole bunch, Alex Okafor clearly the favorite to start. Uh, but, I, but I personally, if if Kikaha can come back and play and earn the spot, I think that that would be the best scenario for the Saints. Okay. And to go off of what you said, Ty, I absolutely agree. I think Okafor does get the spot. But let's just take a moment here. And thank the football gods that the Saints actually, for once, have some decent options opposite of Cameron Jordan. Yes, yes. Cameron Jordan has been an absolute beast. Not that he has been a beast now, but when, for example, when the Saints had um, Junior Gallette, Cameron Jordan was having seasons like 10 and 12 sacks. So if we could find the perfect complement, I think that would be absolutely amazing for Jordan because he plays better when we have someone on the other side to help him. But I agree. There are some really interesting combinations of what the Saints could do right now as far as defensive end goes. But I believe, like you said, Ty, um, that Okafor, Alex Okafor, uh, for those of you you who didn't know, is a former Arizona Cardinal. But um, I believe he's finally going to get the start. Yeah, I I would agree. And and I'm glad you mentioned him coming from the Cardinals because I'm really high up on how their defenses ran over in Arizona. Um, I re- I'm a big fan of Patrick Peterson and, and Tyron Matthew and uh, I, Calais Campbell, even though he's on Jacksonville now. Mm. Uh, he, he was yeah. he was a great piece for Arizona, um, as was Daryl Washington. And uh, they, they always seem to have really talented guys on the <laughs> – 
defense who seem to mesh well together. So hopefully Okafor is able to come in and mesh well with us. So I, I think that he'll get the starting nod as well. All right. So the next one we have for everyone is going to be the left tackle position, uh, which, uh, you know, offensive line has mostly been the talk of today. But who do you guys believe will get the start? Senor Calamete or Ryan Ramchek? Uh, you want to start? Go ahead, Ty, yeah. I, I would say, uh, you know, the favorite has got to be Ryan Ramchek. The thing is that we know, I think Calamete, if he ends up getting the start, that's fine for the Saints. We've seen him out there. We know how good he can be. And he can be fine. He can be solid. He can hold it down. But like I said, we know how good he can be. Uh, if Ramchek can beat him out, then that's a good sign for the Saints. Um, because yeah. we know that Calamente is a good option back there. Uh, and, you know, at this point, we don't know enough about Ramchek. You know, he's coming off a hip injury. If he can earn the spot, that's a great sign. Yeah, I, I pretty, pretty much what you just said ditto to me, just because um, uh, Ramchek is... Uh, he, he's 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 going to and and the thing with the CBA agreement, um, I I don't think this gets talked about enough. Offensive linemen got hurt the most by the CBA agreement just because they don't get to practice as much in the off season now due to um, limited off season uh, camps and whatnot that that they put into the CBA. Um, and so that kind of hurts Ramchick's um, ability to not only learn the mm. playbook but implement it well on the practice field and whatnot. So Kelamente already has an upper hand there. And then you also look at, uh, like you said, um, Ramchick is coming off the hip injury, but the less amount of time practicing could also help him rehab with that hip. So it's all kind of up in the air. Um, this will be a very exciting pre... I think all of the um, starting... Uh, spots that are up for grabs. They're going to be very exciting to watch in the preseason, especially out on the field in actual game time. Um, but yeah, right now, if I had to say it, it would it would be Ramchick. Mm. I would agree with both of you guys. I will say this, though. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the left tackle position is a position that shouldn't be taken lightly. You look at yeah. the movie The Blind, uh, the, the blind Side, you know, that had a, a Michael Orr in it. The blind mm-hmm. side is really important because you look at a, a quarterback who throws right-handed, that side of the offensive line he can't see from. He won't be able to look at. So you need someone who could take uh, who can take any opposing defensive end, you know, hold them at bay just for enough time. So, you know, our quarterback, for instance, Drew Brees, doesn't have his face in the dirt. Yeah. But I will say this, though. If Ryan Ramchek does end up being the starter as great as he was, uh, you know, he played uh, for Wisconsin. He was a, a starting left tackle. I will say this, though. Daniel Calamete does have the advantage in a sense that he has seen what premier defensive ends have looked like in the NFL. Obviously, with every position from college to uh, NFL, there is a great leap, you know, as far as what they're able to do. So, you know, uh, I think in the article I mentioned that uh, we mentioned earlier about uh, who would end up getting the start between the different options we have, there are certain things like Ramchek coming off of the hip surgery and him being a rookie, not only have not, uh, he has not faced the options, you know, in the NFL, like Vic Beasley from Atlanta or Danielle Hunter from Minnesota, who we're going to be playing week one. I I do believe Ramchek gets to start, but I just thought that was something we should be aware of too. Yeah. And you forgot to mention uh, Sandra Bullock was in uh, the blind side as well. Most important part about that, that, that you missed. Um, 
Let's go to slot wide receiver. Um, I'm just a big Sandra Bullock fan. I, I had to mention that. Slot wide receiver <laughs> is, is going to be interesting uh, just because, I mean, a lot of players on the Saints offense can play slot receiver. Even Alvin Kamara can do it. Um, but right now it's down to uh, TGIF. Ted Ginn is fast. Um, and Willie Sneed, <laughs> the fourth. Um, so let's start with uh, you, Tyler. Who do you think gets the starting nod at slot wide receiver? Is it going to be Sneed or is it going to be Ginn? I'm going to say it's going to be Snead simply simply because uh, Willie Snead has the experience in this offense. Ted Ginn, although he is uh, a veteran, still has to learn it, I'm assuming, if he hasn't already. Uh, although Ted Ginn is very fast and has the veteran wisdom, knowledge, experience, I believe because Willie Snead is the a slot demon, some like to call him, I believe he gets the gets his start. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be Snead also, but I don't know that it's because Ginn is less acclimated to the offense. I think, um, you know, just in the base, if the Saints are in a three-receiver offense, it's going to be Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn on the outside and Willie Snead on the inside. There you go. The Saints also, you know, the Saints also have a pretty, you know, uh, malleable offense if Ted Ginn is going to be playing in the slot a lot. Like you said, Alvin Kamara is going to be playing. Michael Thomas is big and strong and effective in the slot. So these guys are going to be moving all over the field. Um, uh, If you remember in Carolina, Ted Ginn would take misdirection handoffs. Uh, We might see some of that. The Saints have been trying to get Brandon Cooks into some of that for a long time. It seems like Ted Ginn already has that in his game, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of that. And that comes from uh, the outside. So, yeah. uh, yeah. I think in the base, it's going to be Snead in the slot. Yeah, um, and I'll, let me say this right before uh, we get on to the next one. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty good. Here at Who Dad Ish, we're pretty good friends. I guess you could say friends of quotations with uh, Pro Football yeah. Focus. Uh, they follow us on Twitter. We follow them back. Uh, great people over there. They do they do fantastic research. Um, Willie Sneed, according to their um, analytics, which are very specific, they have they, they run a lot of really really good statistics into all of the lists that they compile. Um, Willie Snead was the fourth best receiver out of the slot last season in the entire NFL. He he played fantastic. He he and 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 you could obviously see and that you could you could obviously test that to how good of a quarterback Drew Brees is and how much we pass out of the offense. But Willie Snead is no joke. He he came running out of the gates, and I think Michael Thomas also surprised some people too. So. Um, Willie Snead, I think, will get the starting nod simply because of what he proved to us last year. But and and like you said, Ty, that that probably is going to be the best option is having Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn on the outside and then Willie Snead on the inside. I think that makes it really interesting because uh, if Ted Ginn isn't going to be on the outside and Willie Snead is going to be the starting slot wide receiver, then you're going to have Brandon Coleman on the outside. And right now, currently, I would take Ted Ginn over Brandon Coleman on the outside. So I, I think Absolutely. I think Snead gets the starting nod. But Ginn, I think, also becomes a starter on the outside. Depends on how many um, receivers uh, the Saints are going to be running um, actively, I guess, you know, more, more often than not. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I, I think if uh, I had to say today, it would be Willie Snead. All right. So the next one we've got for everyone is going to be the right cornerback positions uh, opposite of Dalvin Bro. We have the contestants Marshawn Lattimore, the rookie who we drafted in the first round, and P.J. Williams. Who do you guys believe? I think I I think uh, I'll I'll start this one. I think this is the most interesting uh, Thunderdome matchup just because of the fact that Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, I I know this kind of redundant to what I just said about Willie Snead. Marshawn Lattimore could still also start um, if if he doesn't get the starting right cornerback spot just because it depends on how much the coaching staff believes in him and likes him. But he was the easily the the best cornerback talent wise coming out of the draft. 
Uh, or mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, all around too. You could say that after the incident with uh, Gary and Conley, Sydney and, and Sydney Jones, and and Sydney Jones after the injury to him. Um, and and it depends on if the Saints want to run a lot of nickel packages because Marshawn Lattimore would be a fantastic. I think that a lot of rookie cornerbacks should play nickel um, to start out with because that that's where they become more physical. Uh, that's where they learn to keep their head on a swivel. That's where they learn to become better tacklers and do more man and zone coverage. Um, so I, I I think that Marshawn Lattimore will beat out P.J. Williams for the starting spot, but I'm kind of hoping he doesn't because I would love to see him. And again, it depends on how often uh, the Saints are going to run a nickel package or, or run the 4-2-5 um, um, packages that they have. Right. But um, if P.J. Williams gets the nod, I'd be okay with that if we run a lot of nickel uh, formations because Marshawn Lattimore, I think, will improve um, better if he starts his career off as a nickel cornerback for the Saints. Yeah, I definitely agree. The most important thing for Lattimore and for Williams, really, at this point in his career is to right. get on the field and see snaps. Uh, you know, we think about Williams as a third-year player, but really, you know, he's played in about half a game Yeah, uh, yeah. in the NFL. So, uh, you know, we talk about Marshawn Lattimore being the rookie, but I still think that P.J. Williams had, you know, he's still got, you know, some seasons in practice with the playbook, everything with Dennis Allen. You know, he is definitely further along than Lattimore. Um, uh, I could see Williams starting off the season on the outside. And like you said, Lattimore starting off in the slot. I think ideally uh, Lattimore is just a better fit for the outside and the Saints because they, there are different responsibilities for the slot on the outside. I think that they might want to keep Lattimore working where he will be working long term, which is on the outside. And PJ is a big body. You know, he can play mm-hmm. inside and, uh, you know, play against the run, which I think is an important thing for a slot corner. Um, but he will have to. The interesting thing is that Sterling Moore could easily knock one of these guys off the off that three lineup uh, if if either one of them doesn't show enough in training camp and in preseason. But I think if I had to pick, I'd say Lattimore, uh, PJ Williams starts off the season on the outside. Lattimore moves outside uh, of the starting job, uh, you know, a few weeks in. Ooh, okay, interesting. I've got the tiebreaker. So I will say a couple things pretty quick. From what I've read on Twitter, I believe that Lattimore isn't acclimated enough yet. You know, he's although he was a first-round pick, I don't believe he, you know, as a rookie, has enough time under his belt to really learn everything about this defense, you know, what um, Dennis Allen is trying to implement and change, especially with the 4-2-5 defense. So I believe, if healthy, a real knock here, if healthy, I believe Williams gets to start. But another thing, too, though, I know you guys have been saying all these different um, formations. The Saints could also go with three safeties instead of three cornerbacks. So that's something to keep an eye on, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We could see Von Bell on the slot. Yeah. So one more, okay, one more um, uh Competition, I guess you could call it. Thunderdome. Uh, we have, yeah, the Thunderdome is um, the middle linebacker position. Uh, Craig Robertson or A.J. Klein? Who, who do you guys believe will get the start? Go ahead. Um, uh, you know, I would think it's got to be A.J. Klein. Uh, I think he's going to start, depending. It, he may start at Sam. Uh, uh, I, I don't think he's going to start at I definitely, as long as LRB is, apparently he's in a in a foot cast right now or walking boot or something. But as long as he's out of that by, and I expect he will be, um, I don't know what I'm basing that expectation on. Uh, He's definitely the starting will. 
Uh, and but I think Klein gets the gets the mic mic job. Um, Robertson, the Saints envisioned him to be a special teams player, and he played all of last season at Mike. And the Saints went out and brought in a bunch of new linebackers. So clearly, they think that they can upgrade that position. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I you you hit it right on the head on that last part. Is is uh, uh, as good as Robertson is and, and can be, the Saints signed all of these linebackers in the offseason for a reason, and, and they see that there can be a lot of improvement on, on all aspects of the ball for the linebacker core. So, yeah, I do think A.J. Klein will get the starting nod, which is fantastic because he's played behind Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis for so long over mm-hmm. Carolina, and, and he's so... Um, he has such a high football IQ, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in the middle. Um and, and Robertson, yeah, I I mean, if LRB, I, I really do not like talking about LRB because every time we talk about him, it's about him being injured. It's never about him <laughs> playing football. Uh, LRB is probably going to be hurt, so we might as well. <laughs> but just, he's one of our best players. And he's one of our best players, which is yeah. the worst part. So I think that Robertson is probably going to be moved over to a uh, weak side linebacker and then have AJ or strong. It could be strong, could be either or, but I think Robertson ends up being moved over for AJ Klein to man the middle. You figure too, all the money Klein's getting paid. I would yeah. Say, um, uh, it would only make sense to have him start, you know, uh, in the middle. But, uh, all right. So that's all we had for the Thunderdome. Uh, any closing statements you'd like to make, Peyton? Um, good. I mean, I'm excited to see all the, these competitions. Um, I, I really enjoyed writing that piece a couple weeks ago about camp competition because I really truly think that camp competition helps teams out more than just knowing who your starters are coming into uh, the preseason. Um, having guys compete for spots and having guys uh, push to their max limits uh, day in and day out on the practice field, especially with a uh, coach like Sean Payton and, and, and the organization of the Saints, how um, – well organized and and just how how well oiled of, of a machine uh, the team always seems to be having all these camp competitions is, is just fantastic so um that'll actually do it for this podcast ty it was fantastic having you my man thank you so much for coming on hey man it was great being on thank you so much for having me plug away on your social media real quick before uh, before we sign off oh i mean just give me a follow i'm ananiatai that's a-n-a-n-i-a-t-y on twitter um uh that's really the only place you gotta check me out and uh yeah yeah and be sure to follow yeah and and who that dish you you tweet a lot on there as well of course of course yeah it's dean and i on who that dish you gotta definitely follow who that dish Uh, i'll keep you uh you know up to date on all the news Thank you again, though, Ty. So, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Dayton and I will be uh, broadcasting, podcasting every Monday. So, the next one that we will have is going to be with our other editor for Who That Dish. And that will be uh, Dean Mullen. And that date will be Monday, June 26th. And make sure to follow all, all of us on Twitter. You can follow Dayton Brown at on Twitter at Dan underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. And we also have now an official uh, podcast uh, Twitter account, which can be followed at at the WDD podcast. But as far as it goes, I would just like to thank everyone, all the fans, uh, fan sided, who that dish, all the NFL and New Orleans Saints supporters. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here right now. But other than that, though, Dan, anything you've got to say? 
Uh, you, yep, you summed it up perfectly, my man. Yeah, we were super excited. Uh, this is the second podcast, and it went off really well. And and then Ty was our very first guest. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to have it be anybody else. So, again, thank you, Ty. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> so yeah, much. It was a great time. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and we will see you next week.